Welcome to A Space for Growth, an extension of our ever-evolving platform, Our Communal Diary. My name is Pilar. And my name is Zoe, and we're here to cultivate a community dialogue on beauty, culture, and career as we experience it. Through conversations with each other and our inspiring guests, we hope to add new perspectives for your own personal journey. Welcome to A Space for Growth. Hi, everybody. Welcome Hello. Back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Happy Sunday or whatever day of the week that you're listening to this, but we've uploaded it on Sunday. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to A Space for Growth. We are very happy to be bringing you guys another episode. Today is going to be all about transitions, kind of that period of time where you're moving from what you were very familiar with into a completely new space. And this is something that definitely resonates pretty deeply with Zoe and I both. So we're excited to get into this. But as usual, we'll be starting off this conversation just doing a little check-in. So Zoe, how was your weekend? How are things going? My weekend was good. I feel like on Monday, every time someone's like, how was your weekend? I have a hard time recalling exactly what I did. But no. this weekend, I actually um, checked off a lot of things on my New York bucket list of places that I've literally never been before that I think almost everybody else in the world has been. Central Park being one of them. Oh went God. to Central Park um, and went to the MoMA, which was really cool. Were so, they all that they were hyped up to be? Um... Yes. I'll say yes. Good. Yes. I yes. love both of those places. So definitely a fan. For me, um, I just got out of the house, which honestly is such a huge win for me. Cause like <laughs> as Zoe knows, I I really don't do much. I feel like I have been extending this quarantine for quite some time now. So I went to a football game. My sister, she works for a professional football team. So we went and it was really good. It was just nice to kind of get out and, um, yeah, be around people. I was definitely a fan. So, For sure. That sounds yeah. like an amazing weekend. How yes. are you feeling today? How's your energy? My energy is actually very calm. I feel like mm -hmm. I the past few days have been a little bit overwhelming. I feel like I'm a very, like, I'm very hard on myself, kind of like high achieving, really wanting to do something great. And I think it's just important to be present. And so that's what I've really been trying to do. I love to journal. I've done that ever since I literally actually have a journal book that I am almost to the end of and I've done it since 2015. So it's kind wow. of wow. Cool. That's really it's good. Actually really cool to kind of go back. And it's so sad. Like there are some journal entries that I have from literally 2015. And I'm looking and I'm like, I'm in that time I was predicting, oh, okay, like, am I going to be in this space in my life? Maybe, maybe not. And they were like dreams right. that I had. And some of them I checked off and some of them I predicted that like, okay, the likelihood of me being there in however many years, like past college, I was literally referencing, I still have not achieved yet. So it's kind of crazy. Um, but you have time. I have a lot of time. Yeah. It's, um, I feel good though. How about you? How do you feel today? Um, had a little work stress earlier today. Yes. Um, that <laughs> and I were talking about. I'm about two months into my full time job, and it's just different. And getting used to 
working as an adult versus being a student is a transition that we'll dive into. Um, So trying to work through and figure out some things and manage ways that I cannot be so hard on myself because like you, I can also be pretty hard on myself, but uh, super excited to be recording this episode. I think it's super relevant for everybody because you've all gone through a type of transition at some point in your life. We're going to be focusing mainly on transitioning into college and then transitioning out of college, perhaps to a different state, perhaps into your full-time job, just into a not so planned out and fully scripted um, formula that you've had for the past 18 years. Right. Exactly. I love that. So you know, let's just jump right into the conversation. I think we can start off really in the space that we've now, I guess, been out of for the past four and some years, which is crazy. But that transition into college, what was that like? I know. What was that like for you? It, It feels like that was such like a headache. Like, oh my gosh, I just feel like at that time, I just remember everyone asking, where are you going to go to school? Have you yes. already applied? Yes. You know, it was just so much stress around where are you going? And honestly, it's interesting because now I feel like there's so many people I know who are taking gap years and so many people that are just kind of finding these new paths. And that was definitely not it for me. So I'm curious to hear Same. like, Zoe, we didn't know each other, obviously, at this point. Mm-hmm. So what was that like for you? Taking a gap year was so not an option with my parents. Like, I can't even imagine saying to them, like, I would like to take a gap year and travel or whatever. (laughs) They'd be like, you better travel to that university or college. Like, that's Mm -hmm. the only traveling you're about to do. But I think when you are 17 or 18, at least for me, I hit this streak of, like, I'm so eager to be independent. And I'm an only child. So I don't have older siblings that went through college before I did. I didn't really have a full sense of what the college experience was going to look like. All of my friends were my age. We were all transitioning at the same time, which I found to be really helpful. But I was so eager to be an adult and also terrified of it at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like I remember the entire month of August, I was just like a menace because I didn't (laughs) want to let on how scared I was to transition on into college And I felt like there were all of these big expectations and things that I had to live up to um, from being like a really good high school student and not feeling that stress in high school and kind of having my grounding that that first fall break, which was in October, I came home and um, we both went to the University of Michigan. I'm from Michigan. So it was like a 50 minute drive back to my house. And I remember after fall break, coming back to campus and having like a mini panic attack <laughs> because I was so anxious. Yeah. Um, because I knew like that second stretch was going to be so much bigger. So I feel like that transitional period for me lasted, I feel like from graduation or like the month of graduation, wow. high school graduation, all the way up until like the end of October was like a yeah. big period of just transition. But what was going on with you? How were you? What were you feeling? Yeah, honestly, I think so. Mine was very different. I was actually going to go to NYU. That was where I was set on. And Mm -hmm. so I had like submitted my like pre-admissions check the whole nine yards. 
Oh, and then shit, yeah. for real? Yeah, like okay. fully ready to go. Yeah. And I, yeah. So then I, I was on the wait list at Michigan. So I ended up getting off the wait list and then they said, okay, go to Summer Bridge. And at that time, both of my parents actually, they went to Summer Bridge. And so. What is Summer Bridge? Yeah. So Summer Bridge is essentially, you pretty much do courses during the summer term. So you're there on campus from June till like the middle to late August. And then you go home for about maybe a week or two. And then you go right back to school and you're starting freshman year. So Summer Bridge is really just a great opportunity. Like now that I look back on it, yeah. one of my best times ever at Michigan. <laughs> but prior to that, I was like, are you for real? I was so sick. <laughs> I was so sick. I can't even believe it. I remember walking out of my gone. house. I told my mom like, okay, like I got into Michigan. They were screaming. My, you know, my whole family pretty much went to Michigan. Then I was like, I got into Summer Bridge. So I had to leave in June. And wow. you know, I just graduated. It was it was really strange. And I definitely formed like pretty strong connections and attachments to my friends. So at that time, I couldn't even imagine like leaving my friends months earlier than they would. And so long story short, um, Summer Bridge was something that I started. Yeah, literally in June. So I started my kind of college career at that point. Um, and I think that really, I mean, if anyone is in a position where they're looking into like doing a summer kind of program or whatever that would look like for your school. Honestly, it helped me so much. My high school was full of 120 kids. I was there from preschool to 12th grade. So I think what Summerbridge helped me with was it was kind of this way to inch myself into school. I was taking a few preliminary classes that you would already have to get off the list anyway. And so it just kind of was like a very digestible way to get myself started yeah. Um, and I truly met like some of my favorite people during that program. And so then freshman year obviously starts. And for me, I kind of just hit the ground running. I honestly think half of it was that I was already familiar with the campus. And I was that so was, jealous of yeah, the students no, in the like, bridge program. Right. Because I felt like you all got to form community. And I didn't totally. do summer bridge. I started in September. And not yeah. only that, but you all had support of faculty and backing that like really cared about your success yeah. at the school and when you go to such a big school like Michigan the resources are there but you have to source them out yourself totally. like if you're failing a class your professor is not about to send you an email oh, and no. ask you what's going on are you okay like you have to take those steps mm -hmm. no totally and so I would say like I feel incredibly lucky to be able to have been a part of that program and at the time I thought I was like oh my gosh this is the worst thing that could have ever happened to me for sure but no, I, it definitely helped. And so then we get to, yeah, freshman year, I joined the cheer team and um, I was working my butt off to try to get into their business school. And there were so many different kind of elements that were happening during that time and things that I was just taking on. And it was a lot, but I think it helped to me just be able to have, I mean, my sister went to school with me. My cousin was there. Like, honestly, you had family was just really unique it um it was still a lot though for but sure I do feel like I it, I had people that I could lean on and I had my really my biggest goal was just to like try to insert myself in different communities and just mm -hmm. test it out like if there was anything that I would say helped me freshman year was being incredibly open to yeah. like exploring I never 
I mean, even though I had family there, I'm like, I never went in with this intention of I have enough friends that I'm not interested in meeting anyone else. Like, never. What did you think about the process of making friends? Like, did you struggle with that? Or do you feel like it came pretty easily to you? Um, I've always been a very like big people person, super kind of like, I, yeah, like we're both very extroverted. Mm -hmm. Um, so we definitely have that kind of to make it a bit easier, I think at times, but I remember really experiencing that when bridge, because in bridge, I didn't know anyone. I didn't have friends or family there. And so I think that was my first taste of like, oh my gosh, I'm truly a fish out of water. And again, like my high school, I'd known everyone since I was a child. So I think I just remember there was a time when I was on the grit, like I was on the stairs in the um, residence hall that we were staying in. And I was just sick to my stomach. I'm like, I don't recognize anyone. I don't know anyone. They certainly yeah. don't know me. It's horrible feeling for someone, especially who's like incredibly extroverted and just like loves people. Like I really, it was horrible. And so I think kind of just being as open as I could literally leaving your door open throughout the day helped me a yeah. lot. I mean, people just would flood in or people would stop by and say hi. Like, it's just, it's literally just the little things that would make it just a little bit better for me at least. What about you? I am, you know, similar to you, more extroverted. So I didn't really struggle that much with making friends. I did have a fair amount of people that I knew from high school that went to Michigan. I think it was like 50 or 75 kids from my high school went to Michigan. Yeah, a lot. And then I also had friends from like different organizations that I was involved in in high school who either went to Michigan already when I got there or were also going to Michigan with me. So I had some people to like hang out with. Like my current roommate right now, Jasmine, we met in high school when we were like sophomores and then went to college together. That's crazy. Have lived together for the past three years um and, and now you're in new york That's and now we're in, now we're living <laughs> together in new york um and i feel like that process of making friends wasn't super difficult but for me i really wanted to be around more people that looked like me mm-hmm. than i had in high school and i do remember i'll never forget this um in my high school i could probably count on my fingers and toes the number of black students in the high school period, not just right. my graduating class. And I had a graduating class of like 400 kids. Oh, wow. So I definitely wanted to, you know, be around more specifically black women mm-hmm. in my college experience. And so I was at a, um, a black student union meeting and everybody was complaining about the black population at Michigan being 5% and being the only person in their class or like only ever being surrounded by black people when they come to black student union events. And for me, I was like, this is the most black people (laughs) that I have been around ever. Like period. Totally. Seeing hundreds of black people in a room that are all around my age was nothing that I had growing up, even involved, even being involved in different organizations that I was um, as a kid for like black kids. um, It was just different. And I think, that me coming with that perspective and other people coming with other perspectives. Sometimes I feel like people were a little wary of me mm-hmm. or just like oh, didn't a hundred percent maybe want to get to know me. And so I had to kind of go out of my way more times to, totally. to form connections than I feel like maybe <laughs> I would have if, 
I had grown up differently. If that makes I sense. You know what I mean? I literally am only laughing because this is, I think it was the first episode I spoke to the fact that we have so many shared experiences. Yeah. We had to be double extroverted. You. Oh, yeah. And I think, again, like we grew up in very similar spaces. Yeah. We just didn't have that privilege of being around a lot of people that looked like us. And so. Yeah. I a hundred percent felt that. <laughs> um, I think it's a really unique like situation to be in because I, you know, you would think that that would not ever be something where you're like, oh my gosh, somehow that contributed to me having a tough time finding friends. And like, I would say freshman year was not in any way difficult for me to find friends. I think pretty much like the years after that though were very different. I think people get really comfortable really quickly. And for sure, after freshman year, it sometimes can feel like unless you're really actively joining communities or organizations or whatever it might be, it's it kind of gets a little bit static, at least for me and like some of the other people that I also engaged with, unless they were like joining the cheer team, their sophomore or junior year or whatever that looks like. I just feel like a lot of people didn't kind of expand upon their groups in the same way that you probably would have in those like beginning months of being on campus. But no, to really speak to your point, I feel like I definitely felt that too. It's something that I still think about a lot, obviously, you know, it's really, it's just an interesting situation to be in where, um, you know, you have so many shared identities with one group of people, but then also you really do kind of have different backgrounds and, and just different like social environments that you're familiar with. And so I do think it's, it's obviously super easy for anyone to kind of judge the other and, and wonder like, okay, there must be something different here when there really isn't. But you mm-hmm. just kind of assume like, uh, I'm a little bit sus. No, like there is really no reason <laughs> to be. But you totally yeah. go through that. You really yeah. do. And so I think, honestly, again, like being at the school that I was at, I think everyone just saw each other almost as like brother and sister. And I feel like being at Michigan, I was shocked to see. And I bet this is kind of, you know, seen in multiple other schools, but Mm-hmm. I was kind of shocked just to see that there was so much like apprehension just based on just because that, that was not what you were used yeah, to. Yeah, it was just like being a bit unfamiliar. I mean, I think everyone kind of experiences that in so many different facets of their life where it's like, uh, I'm not really used to this. I'm going to hold back. So it was something that kind of had to be like chipped away over time for me. And in conjunction to that, on the flip hand, like, you also, on the flip hand, on the flip side, you also (laughs) see how differently people are raised. Oh, yeah. And sometimes I would be looking at people like, where? (laughs) What? Yeah. Why would you act like that? Living with people. Living with people. It's really real. Now, that I was not prepared for. (laughs) I'm an only child. I've never had to share really a damn thing in my life oh um, my God. <laughs> so sharing a two foot by two foot little square box yeah. with somebody I and didn't a, know I had a random roommate and then like a bathroom with the entire hall with the entire hall oh yes and um Michigan dorms most of them are co-ed so you what would dorm were you in I was in West Quad okay Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I knew that. Yeah. yeah. I definitely visited you. West Quad, Best Squad. But mm. you would be walking from the shower back to your room, like, in your towel and stuff. And there would just be, like, a group of just, like, dudes, like, playing a yeah. video game or something. And I lived right outside of the lounge. So, like, oh, everybody girl. who's in my business 
all the time because my door was right there. And so that was that was a really hard transition for me. Yeah. I started That's to sleep with earplugs because my roommate, <laughs> she had a little snore to her. <laughs> and snoring literally makes me nauseous. So oh that just learning how to live with yeah. somebody is a huge transition. Oh, my gosh. It's such a huge transition. I got lucky. My first year, I was in a single, and I was actually rooming next how? door to. I know. It was. Well, this is half of it. Me getting in so freaking late. I think they were just plopping me wherever. And so You're so I, lucky. Yeah. I had one friend who we were going to room together, um, Domily, and we ended up rooming next door to each other, both mm-hmm. in singles. And it was a very small dorm. It was an all-girls dorm, too. But yeah. it was like. Not super strict, honestly, at all. It was more just that, okay, it ended up being all girls. Yes. Um, And so... Wait, what dorm was that? Newberry? um, Yeah, Newberry. Okay. So I was in there, but it helped so much being in a single. Oh, my gosh. And I was already... Yeah, well, and I was already active. I think if I was in a single and I did not know anyone on campus, I would go crazy. That would not work for me. Right. And I don't know who that would... I mean, I would not picked that but I think because I already knew people from bridge and I was like very much involved in cheer and getting into I was I think I was I know I hadn't applied for one of the orgs I was in but there were a few different things I was doing and so um it it definitely I was only there you know for a few hours throughout the day but um that's interesting that I mean especially coming from being an only child I could only imagine girl when I tell you (laughs) I remember calling my mom after like a full week of living with my roommate and there was nothing wrong. Like nice girl. I remember calling her and I was like, girl, I can't do this. Yeah. (laughs) I cannot. I was like, I don't, I don't, I'm just, I'm not used to this. Yeah. This is really difficult. In bridge. I had a roommate and that did take a second, a same thing. Nice girl, no matter who you room with, there will just always be that transition of like, Oh my God, there's someone here who there's I mean, even getting here. out of the shower. You're like wiggling your way out of the towel into your shorts. It's just like, ugh, I really can't, you know? Yeah. I remember times where like I had failed an exam and you just want to come back and cry totally. and like lay in your bed. Now and, you're holding in the sniffles through your And you're tears. holding in the sniffles because totally. your roommate has her boyfriend over or whatever <laughs> and they're sitting on the couch playing Nintendo or whatever. Girl, or... face stuffed in the pillow at that point, just trying to hold it back. Literally, you're trying to hold <laughs> and then you have to go for a walk around campus. And that's probably oh why God. I started counting my steps because probably. there would be all these moments where I just wanted to like let it out how I was yeah. feeling and I just couldn't because there was somebody else in the space and so I would just like walk it off. Yeah. But I think academics was a big transition I remember failing my first exam mm. I remember okay do I, you think <laughs> was it like business school academics or prior to that it was calculus yeah calculus, calculus was, at was the a, University of Michigan a real thing yeah was I basically this is actually like kind of a funny story now looking back it was not at the time I finished with pre-calc in high school and so you automatically think okay, the next transition is just taking calculus because I already have done pre-calc. At Michigan, basically, you should only take calculus if you have taken calculus in high school, which I think is ridiculous. And I'm not a math girl. I really am not. So I'm sitting in my calculus class first semester and the graduate student instructor, GSI, is constantly calling on me. 
Like, I think mm. he got some type of sick pleasure knowing that I didn't know <laughs> what was going on because other kids would have their hands raised and he would still call on me. I'm the only black kid in the class. So obviously, like, I feel a type of way. I'm like, totally. I know that they're probably going to, you know, confuse me with other black students. And so they're probably just <laughs> going to think that all black students are bad at calculus. So oh I'm God. sitting there with the weight of all of the black students <laughs> on my back, not knowing anything. Don't know what a derivative is. Haven't even heard these words before. Um, so I ended up like transitioning the second semester. I went back to pre-calc second semester. I took calculus again. I failed that first exam, like so bad (laughs) to the point where on your student card, like to get into business or to get into different buildings on campus on the back, there's like a 24 hour, like therapist hotline oh you gave her a call I called at like 10 p.m (laughs) in tears in full hysterics oh like I remember I was sitting like outside on a bench somewhere sobbing to this woman this poor woman who was like a mom and she was telling me about how her kids used to fail exams at Michigan and I'm sobbing to this woman I don't want to hear it I was like, I don't want to hear it. I was like, I'm dumb. Like, I they're going to kick mm. me out. They're going to realize that I'm dumb and I can't be here. Um, well, and the pressure comes from, right? Like, we had to pass calculus to get into Ross. Like, that yes. was... To, which is the business school. To get in to what you wanted to do. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, and then the transition into the business school. Girl. Well, that was sophomore year, but girl. Talk about it. Talk about it, see. That was just a lot. <laughs> I think, I mean, and obviously we'll move into our post-college experience here in a little, but I think, you know, my biggest piece to all of it was just finding a way to try to mitigate all the self-doubt. Business school was a beast in and of itself. Any school you go into, I think, is going to be a beast for every person for the most part. But I just think for me, at least, it was like, I, so yeah, I went through the whole calculus route and everything. And in high school, I really just did not think I was a math person. Not that you even have to be to get into business fully, but like, I just think that there were a lot of kind of like past ideas of myself and my high school self that I brought with me to college. And then it was like, oh, you're getting into the school that's, you know, relatively prestigious. And like, you yes. really want to do your best and you want to represent yourself well. And you know, you might be one of the only black kids in the class. Like, you kind of want to represent, you know, black people well. Like, you just want to do your and best. And we're not even saying that to, like, do the cliche of, like, one black person speaks mm-hmm. for all. But we've had times where people have come up to us and confused us well, with other black people and who don't even look like us. There are people who truly have not interacted with a lot of black people. And yes. so, you know, it, you might be one of the few interactions. Like, you honestly might. That's very so true. I think it's just, I mean, it's just kind of like the reality of the situation. And but the I stereotype think, of like, we got in because of affirmative action. Totally. Like, I remember somebody telling yeah. me that in high school. Yeah. But I got into Michigan because I was yeah. an affirmative action student. So your whole time there is just like proving yourself. And so yes. I think, truthfully, like, yeah. it was just so hard to do that. And you're also obviously just going through like the growing pains of life and you know, right. getting into this new school and just all these different elements. And so for me, it was just like, I think once I kind of just like came to terms with the fact that girl you're here for a reason they they brought you here for a reason you're doing yes. fine like no one I mean it's truly like every I mean when you get into like those group um 
group work and things like that, you start to realize that a lot of people have no clue what they're doing and it's so yeah. refreshing. Everyone's I, faking it. Everyone's faking it. Truthfully, everyone is faking it. I mean, you think about the whole job process of after college. It's like, oh my God, how do you, and you think to yourself, the amount of times I said this, I was like, I don't have a lot of experience. Like, how can I be the best applicant? Like how, you know, so there's so right. many little things like that, but you start to realize like no one has that experience. It's just about kind of like selling yourself. So long story short, that was a grind. But really for me, it was just getting to that place of like, girl, you were here for a reason. You got this. Don't, don't let anyone make you feel different. And certainly don't make yourself, you know, think or feel any different about what you can do and accomplish. Agreed. A hundred percent. So by the end of our freshman year, we kind of transitioned to Michigan. By the end of our sophomore year, we were more so transitioned into the business school. And then junior year and senior year, we had a pretty good handle of what we were doing. But then we got slapped in the face with COVID. So there was that. And then we got slapped (laughs) in the face with COVID. But at least from like an academic standpoint, knowing who our friends were, we were pretty settled. Agreed. Then May 1st, 2021, we graduated. Yes. And crazy all over again. Yep. What was your transition like from college? Just from college into I'm not a college student anymore. Not even touching on like work because I feel like that's separate. Yeah. I mean, it was really hard. Again, like I formed pretty deep connections. And it was just like the reality of it is like for me, I just knew I wasn't going to see a lot of people again. Some literally maybe never again. Right. And then some that you would have to try to maintain this like relationship, but it's hard. I mean, especially just considering COVID and all that year was, you know, my roommates and I, we were together 24 seven. And so it's a really huge change to go from like that level of intimacy and that level of like togetherness to then being like, okay, bye. I'm going to get on my flight tomorrow. And who really knows like when we'll see each other once the work weeks start. So it was a really big time, I think for everyone. And um, just kind of like, I don't know, people said like closing the yearbook, but really just like closing that chapter of your life. And obviously I'm never in any rush to kind of like move forward. I'm never looking back on anything in a negative way or kind of being like above it. I feel like some people like try to divorce themselves from their past. I'm like, I don't understand that. Like that's just, you not own me. it. Yeah. I own it and I love it. And I still go back for games. Like I just embrace, I mean, I think Michigan, what I loved about it truthfully is like the alumni, like everyone has this like love and almost like obsession with the school. A lot of people do when they leave. And so I think that's what helps me. But yeah, I think, you know, the whole concept of school is, you know, you go through your what high school experiences and then you already know what's coming next. It's college. Then you go through college and you're like, I actually don't know what's next and what that phase is going to look like at the end of it all. Like, it's Gary. just like, it's a really like, it's like looking out over this, you know, hill Abyss. or this. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of <laughs> like you're looking at the peak of something and you have no clue where the heck you're supposed to go next and yeah. you can do whatever you want, but yeah. nothing's really guaranteed. Like that's just a really freaky thing, but like, I'm not going to lie. That's really Agreed. freaky. Did you have a similar experience as that or oh yeah I was an absolute mess I think part of it is we didn't get closure because mm-hmm. half yeah. of our our college experience really ended our first semester junior year second mm-hmm. semester junior year we were both 
pretty much back at home, um, finishing up classes. Senior year, we were both back on campus, but, you know, we just spent time like with our roommates. Um, This was like the majority of the year was spent without a vaccine. So anytime you would go and do something, even if it was just a movie night with your other friends, everyone's getting COVID tested. Everybody's anxious and on edge because nobody wants to spread it. And for those of us who um, lived in Michigan, like our our childhood homes were in Michigan, will go back home a lot. So you don't want to spread it to your family. Um, so we had to kind of jump straight into adulthood without that closure of our last St. Patrick's Day, mm-hmm. our last senior bar crawl, totally. our last you know time sitting in a Ross classroom and in in the business school. And so I think that that was hard. So. I would say between May and like the end of August, I was fully liable to have a breakdown randomly. Oh, yeah. Like just really crying, very, very sad. Um, and for me, I was moving to New York. I moved at the beginning of September, like that first week of September for my full-time job, thinking I had to be in the office and I don't until next year, <laughs> um, which is fine because I get to get used to one thing at a time, just getting True. used to being in New York. But I was really scared to leave. Like I was just devastated by the idea of I've been here and I know this for yeah. 22 years. Like I know this, like the back of my hand, this life that I have had built for me right now I have to turn around and build a life of my own and there's no rules here so psychologically that was really hard for me yeah it's interesting I definitely feel like I got really bitter throughout this past year just yeah considering like the circumstances and like the cards that were dealt to everyone but I think just like having it be your senior you're 21 finally like there's all these little moments where you're like damn like I didn't even get to truly experience that I didn't the get it yeah their 21st by themselves like it was just kind of like yeah oh my god like this is really tragic and you just feel like the world's so against you and you get so overdramatic totally like you I mean come on there were so many worse things happening during that time but I do think there were moments where you just kind of like crumble it was grieving a thinking, lot yeah you sure. really were I mean and I think again like you every semester really I feel like I came back with this like newfound hope and I remember going into the first semester of senior year and I really thought like okay like we might actually get something like this could be great and then it was so brutal it was (laughs) so horrible yeah worst semesters ever yeah we were just stuck and it was just it was horrible and so then you think okay that it literally couldn't get any worse so second semester I came with zero expectations yeah and it was a little bit better but I think you know just also like living in the same space as everyone that you've known and and it's like kind of bound to start just like you know it's like I'm just a little bit uncomfortable at this point like I need air we all need to separate from each other there's just so many like elements and moving pieces that just add a lot of strain and craziness um that time was a lot I don't even want to go back to that time but I think moving out of that it's bittersweet because you're kind of like you're going home now you're starting potentially this new phase but you just you don't feel like you like truly got all out of the last phase as you had planned to and you might still have gotten great things I think I've done a lot of reflection and I feel like really honestly quite content with how everything ended up but in that time 
I just had already had like such a vision for what I wanted that to look like and what I had already expected right. truly like for the past four years I had expected it to be a certain way so it was kind of like letting go of that vision was really the toughest part of all of it agreed and then on top of all of that we have both started our full-time jobs so we are we are starting our careers out and this is something that I have talked to Pilar about off recording off the podcast of this sense of like trying to figure out how to think like a corporate America participant versus mm-hmm. thinking like a student is yeah. very difficult. I think I'm I'm super used to rubrics. I'm super used to a right and wrong way to do it. I'm super used to a more formulaic way of thinking as I think most people are who go mm-hmm. through the U.S. education system because it's very prescriptive and um, it's not, I feel like, a lot of room for innovation. Like, you know the right and wrong ways to do things. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I've been struggling with, I think, in the first two months of me working is just like, sometimes my manager will ask me questions like, well, why didn't you do X, Y, and Z? And I'm so used to that just wasn't a part of the description that you gave totally and not knowing like you need to think outside of just the tasks that are written on paper. Mm -hmm. And so I think that can be really hard. Like every 10 seconds, like you're just on edge that you're doing something wrong, but we are both under six months of, of starting our careers. Right. No, I totally agree. Yeah. I'm in my fourth month and I think it's weird because from the beginning, I was just like, I'm so used to an assignment. I'm so used to homework. I'm so used to checking things off the list and just yes. being like very task focused. But as time goes on, obviously you get more responsibility. It's about strategy. It's kind of about right. like that more ideation space. And so it's an interesting transition. But when I was talking to Zoe offline, I think for me, what's helped is just within those first month or two, I think like writing down as many questions as you can is so important. And I say that in in any space that you're in. So typically, you know, you're joining those meetings in the first few months or weeks, and you really don't have a lot maybe to contribute. You're just trying to be a sponge. I think the way that you can get as much as you can out of that is just to write everything down, highlight the spaces where you feel like, okay, I have no clue what this is. I need to go into deeper detail here. Let me see if I can help out on this work stream. Like make those types of notes and really put them to paper. And then what I typically do is I write them up um, very concisely in an email format, or at least I'll first have a conversation like with my manager and just kind of talk and have really be very conversational. I think that's helped me a lot personally. I think obviously everyone's work environment's different. Um, So you kind of have to go based off on like what is, you know, kind of like what's the norm? You're new. So I think that's the best way to really start (laughs) off. But like, don't go crazy. I think, you know, kind of follow suit. But for me, super open. I, I love where I work right now. And it's kind of what I've done is just had that. I've been able to ask, you know, when we have our one-on-ones, you know, this is what I typically do. I'll present my questions in an email prior to the meeting, and then my manager will look over them if, um, you know, that person has time. And if not, we'll go over them during our one-on-one. And it's honestly so helpful. And I think it just, it makes you shine that much more because you pay attention to detail. But truthfully, it'll give, it gave me at least a lot of um, just a bit more confidence going in. Like, 
I love to just know what I'm doing. There's not, I mean, it sounds so silly, but it's like, I really want to know the ins and outs of this. You're launching yourself into a company that's been around for however many years. These people have been working on these projects for longer than you've probably even been alive. Like, right. Truthfully, like you have a lot to learn. Um, so I think that that was just helpful on my end, at least. And that was really solid advice for everybody that is starting out their first job, their first career, move post-college um, or even post-grad school. But we're coming up on like <laughs> over 40 minutes just because <laughs> this is like such a rich it's topic. It's a meaty topic, yeah. That we could spend hours talking about. Um, but P, I wanted to know after you just gave us some really great advice about managing that transition into working full-time. Do you know any pieces of advice that you've gotten about transitioning, moving from one phase of life into the other that you found to be super unhelpful or like actually kind of bad advice in Mm. terms of being comfortable transitioning? Oh, I actually did not think about this one before, but I think... The first thing that comes to mind for me is just, I think, I don't know. I feel like, okay, at least in the business space, like back, you know, in school, I Mm -hmm. guess it was really easy to be um, kind of like heavily persuaded by those around you and pursue careers that maybe you would not have thought of. But like school had a lot of career fairs that were in consulting or were in, you know, investment banking or things like that. And we definitely had that. And so I think sometimes I would hear the advice of, well, you know, if you're qualified for it, then you should go into that role. Those, you know, three or four years that you do it, it's going to be so worth it, this, this, and that. And I think people just don't, I don't know, it's kind of like you just kind of sell yourself in those spaces. And truthfully, like for me, I just knew that that was not where I was going to be happy. Right. Like I I feel like this past year has been so much discomfort. The last thing I needed was to be in another space that would make me feel like I was trying so hard to prove myself in this thing that I didn't even really care about, at least not at that time. So yeah, I think the really just like the worst advice was to kind of like follow the pact or to take on things that sure, maybe would look like super great or something that might even make you a lot of money right off the bat, but just doing it, even though you, truly have no passion to yeah Yeah. what about you what was like your worst advice I don't think this was ever explicitly said to me but I could tell from a lot of people that I was when I was struggling transitioning from college into where I'm at right now Mm -hmm. um in those summer months I felt like a lot of the rhetoric that I was getting was well you're not the only person in the world to graduate from college move to New York and start their full-time job. And while yes, that's a hundred percent true, it doesn't negate the fact that like you're still grieving the ending of a chapter that you've had for, which for me was 22 years of a life that was built for me versus me building my own life. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you, Mm -hmm. there's so much structure around you as a kid. And even through college, there's so much structure. True. And now it's like, I can really do anything. The decisions that I make, the way that I spend my money, the way that I spend my time, it's all on me. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not a lot of guardrails. There's no really guardrails, really. No. There's no guardrails. <laughs> so I think that 
if you are listening to this and you're experiencing a time of transition, maybe you're like a senior in college or a senior in high school, or you're just about to be moving into something different in your life, don't keep up the mentality of, well, I don't want to, you know, get help or ask for help or complain because I know that I'm not the only person to have done this. Um, while that's very true, like if you need help, like source it out, there's always resources available. Don't, you know, suffer in silence for fear of being overdramatic because it's difficult to leave a life that you've known behind. Well, you guys, this has been another episode of a space for growth, um, focusing specifically on transitions and how we've transitioned into college, out of college, into our jobs. We still have very far to go. We definitely don't have all the answers, (laughs) but we hope that some of the things that we said resonated with you guys, and we would love to dialogue with you all about it. Um, And thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you all again for listening, and we will see you all next Sunday. Bye. Bye.